Hello and welcome to the Life Vineyard Church podcast. As part of the Revive series, David brings an exploration of the importance of faith in healing, looking at the story of the faithful centurion. Well, what I want to do tonight is um, we're going to carry on our series on um, the healings of Jesus. So what we want to do, what we're trying to do with Revive is if you've been around over the last few weeks and kind of we're really trying to create kind of expectation around seeing the Holy Spirit move and people being healed and signs, wonders and miracles. And um, we, we had a bit of a go at doing a healing service in the end of January and we're really excited to kind of push on for the one at the end of February. Just really expecting that we're going to see people healed, that the Holy Spirit will touch people's lives in significant ways. And... Um, and that we see the revive just begin to grow and gather people from the wider community who are experiencing encountering the Holy Spirit. So we're going to press in, and and in a way, the inspiration for for this sort of season that we're going through as a church was the the beginning of the vineyard, where Wimber spent John Wimber, who was the founder of the Vineyard Movement, um, spent probably six to twelve months teaching on healing and pressing into healing before we actually saw anyone healed. And so we just felt like, actually, we want to see people healed. We want to see people healed of headaches. We want to see people healed of cancer. We want to see people healed of all manner of things. And if we're going to see those things, we need to keep pressing in. We need to keep pressing in. We need to keep learning about healing and, and just, just be persistent, which is what we talked about last week, being persistent around praying for healing. So tonight, we're going to think about potentially one of those kind of subjects around healing that can be very controversial, I suppose, in some areas, and that is the importance of faith in healing and how we see faith as the kind of part of the picture when we are praying and receiving healing. So let me read to you um, a passage from Matthew 8. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home, paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come from the east and from the west and will take their places at the feast of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness, where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, go, let it be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that moment. Come in here, come in here. So, um, I used to hate flying. And in fact, I'm not a big fan of flying. Put your hand up if you don't like flying. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. There's four of us. And I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the fact that there's like a, a massively heavy object 
that is trying to get and fly into very light object called air um, that somehow freaks me out a little bit. But um, when it's about, you know that bit when you're sat on the um, kind of edge of the runway and you're waiting for the power to kick in and that's the best time to pray, I find. <laughs> and also in that bit, you know when you're coming into land and you're kind of thinking, okay, we've are we actually going to land on the runway or is it going to land on the field next? That's also, I find, helpful for my prayer life as well. And um, could you imagine if you walked in to a plane, you know, and you looked up and there was a 12-year-old kid in the cockpit? I don't know about you, if there was a 12-year-old kid in the cockpit, I would literally just turn around and walk off the plane again and you wouldn't see me, I'd be gone. Because um, I'm not a big fan of flying. I don't know whether I should say this, don't take this the wrong way. I quite like to see a bit of grey hair in the cockpit. Not just grey hair, like actually a person, as well as the grey hair. Just some experience. You kind of think, well, they know what they're doing. They've done this before. And uh, I'm going to be all right. It's going to be all right. A little bit of therapy for me tonight. And, um, but I do trust pilots, don't we? we? We do trust pilots that they will take off and land the plane. We know all the stats. We trust them because we know they know what they're doing. We know that they have been through hours and hours of training and that they know how to handle the plane and what all of the funny kind of language from the air traffic controllers means and all of that. So we can trust them because of who they are and therefore we don't worry and we don't jump off the plane and go and get a bus. Um, in this story, the centurion, you see a man who understands who Jesus is. He understands who Jesus is. Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. See, this Roman centurion understood that Jesus was a man of authority. He understood that Jesus was special, that he was unique, that he was powerful. And so even though the centurion would have been a really powerful person himself, you know, he says send his servants here, there, and everywhere, you know, so he was a man of authority himself. He kind of looked at Jesus and he knew that he was a pale insignificance to the authority and the majesty of Jesus. He knew that Jesus wasn't, he wasn't even worthy for Jesus to come into his house. And this was a man of, of stature in the community. He knew who Jesus was. And I think, as we think about this whole area of faith, particularly around how that fits in with healing and when we pray for healing, I think we have to start with the fact that faith starts with an understanding of who Jesus is. That's where faith starts. It starts with an understanding of who Jesus is. Next week, we've got Caroline speaking, which is super exciting. And um, we'll be looking at the healing of the woman who had been bleeding, was it for 12 years, I think it was? And um, this was Jesus' response to her after she had reached out and touched the hem of his garment. And he says this. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. You see, faith is crucial we need to come to Jesus with faith. And in the story of this lady, Jesus said that it was her faith that had healed her. Her faith had led to her healing. But I do think we need to be careful about what we mean by faith in this context. 
you know, over the centuries, um, churches have developed various doctrines, you know, sets of beliefs that they kind of live by, and um, some have concluded that if someone's not healed, then the issue is that they don't have enough faith. So you have a situation where somebody comes who's sick and um, they don't get healed, and so they go away sick and now feeling guilty because they've not had enough faith. And, um, you know, when I read the New Testament as a whole, when I read, you know, when you read the stories of Jesus, you, you read the way he interacts with people. You just don't get a sense that that's the way Jesus interacts with people, that he's kind of measuring the level of their faith and, like, will kind of do things because of this or that, you know. I just don't get that feeling. You know, when you read the scripture as a whole, you see the importance of faith. But I think in the story of the centurion, you see the importance of faith in who Jesus is. You see the importance of us fixing our eyes on Jesus. You see, when I read the story of the centurion, I, I don't know whether it was kind of his faith that Jesus could heal that person, but, or whether it was the faith that he knew who Jesus was. You know, just question for you tonight, you know, as you come here and we're, we're talking about healing and we're excited about a couple of weeks having another healing service, but who do you say Jesus is? I mean, that's the famous question, isn't it? Who do you say I am? You know, who do you say he is? The centurion says he's this incredible, incredible person. This powerful person that could just say a word and his servant would be healed. Who do you say Jesus is? Because that's where faith starts. That's where our faith starts. It starts with who we think Jesus is. And if we know who he is, who he truly is, then we can be confident in what he can do. We can be confident in how he can bring healing and freedom and restoration and wholeness because we know who he is. Romans 10 verse 9, Paul writes this, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Paul encourages us to fix our eyes on Jesus. If we can declare who Jesus is and what he's done for us, then we're going to be saved. And if we can live our lives in the knowledge and understanding of who Jesus is and, and what he does, what he will do tomorrow, what he's doing today, what he's going to do in the future, what he's always been doing for hundreds and thousands of years. If we understand who he is, that he is, uh, he is God and that he is powerful and he is loving and he's full of grace, mercy, compassion, that he doesn't stand in judgment of, of like have we got enough faith or not or have we been good enough or not if we come to him recognizing who he is fall before him worship him then his grace is enough for us his grace is enough for us he just loves us amen you know i think it's easy when we talk about this whole subject of healing to fix our eyes on healing. You know, we, we come and we pray and we, sometimes people get healed and sometimes they don't. And we talked about the now and the not yet of the kingdom. And we can get focused on the outcome of our prayers. And I think what I'm trying to say 
is the starting point of faith. Faith that allows us to move in things like healing and prophecy and freedom and deliverance and all of those things comes with truly understanding who Jesus is and fixing our eyes on him. If that is our starting point, then the whole fruit of the kingdom is available to us. There was um, a few years ago, not many years ago now, probably 10 years ago, heck, that's a long time ago, and um, we were, had a, we were in a, a building over in the centre of Newcastle and we were started up in worship. Um, we normally start with worship in evenings, but I just felt, based on this talk about fixing your eyes on Jesus, we're going to worship second tonight. And um, Anyway, we started worshipping, and this lady in the congregation kind of um, all of a sudden got really confused. And she was kind of looking at the screen, and there was probably a few more of us than this, but that was the morning service back then, and it was kind of noticeable. She was almost kind of doing this. And, um, and anyway, she took her glasses off and realized she could see without her glasses on. She'd just been healed in the, in the worship. And it was just amazing. <laughs> and she, it was one of those stories I'll never forget. And I'm trying to illustrate this point. When we fix our eyes on Jesus, when we come into his presence, when we let his majesty and his glory we understand who he is and the authority he carries and, and how much he loves us. When we understand that, amazing things can happen. People can get healed in worship. And we didn't even pray. The presence of God came and it was just incredible. So firstly, we want to see people healed. If we want to see people healed, we need to fix our gaze upon Jesus. We need to fix our gaze upon Jesus. We need to have faith in who he is, who he truly is, what the scriptures say about him, what, our, what the stories tell us about him. We need to have faith in who Jesus is. And secondly, we need faith the size of a mustard seed. Matthew 17 says this, you believe, you believing, um, sorry, you unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of the boy and he was healed at that moment. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, because you have so little faith. Truly I tell you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. I don't know whether it's just me. I actually feel a little sorry for the disciples in this story. <laughs> yeah, they're the, there they are. They've gone out. They've found this kind of kid who's kind of obviously got a lot going on and um, they've prayed for him and, and nothing's happened and the, the dad's kind of gone right I'm going to the boss I'm going over to Jesus and they go and tell Jesus like your disciples prayed for him and nothing happened can you do something about it and then they get this kind of like do you have little faith and I feel a little sorry maybe because I can res resonate with the times I've gone out and prayed for people and nothing's happened and I've gone away thinking oh rubbish um
But I think it's a really interesting question, isn't it? What does Jesus mean when he said to these guys, you have little faith? What does he actually mean by that? It's a pretty harsh rebuke, I feel. But it reveals the importance of faith in the process of releasing healing into people's lives. We must have faith. But Jesus goes on to explain something that I think is really important. We don't need loads of faith. We don't need to have this 100% certainty that every time we pray for somebody, they're going to be healed or they're going to be set free. We just need enough faith, like a little bit of faith, the side of a mustard seed. And the mustard seed is tiny. I don't know. I've read somewhere that it's the smallest of all seeds. I don't know whether that's strictly true, but um, it's a small seed. Um, we can be sure of that. And, um, and so it, Jesus is making a real point. He's kind of saying, look, you, you have little faith. And in fact, you have so little faith, it's not even the size of a mustard seed. Because if you did have a faith the size of a mustard seed, then you could tell mountains to move. But I think there's something really important for us to grasp with this. We don't need to be superheroes. We don't need to kind of wear a cape and, and have this kind of unfathomable faith that means that, you know, we never doubt anything and we just, we're human beings. We're go that's going to be the nature of our lives that we doubt and we sometimes are confident about praying for people. Other times we kind of go, oh, I'm just not sure anything's going to happen, you know. That's just the reality of being human. And Jesus recognizes that and he says, but you know, if you can just have faith the size of a mustard seed, if you can just fix your eyes on me, just look at me, just look at me, just fix your gaze on me, see what I'm like, see what I can do, just take that and let it kind of propagate in your hearts and then go and kind of pray for others with, with faith as big as mustard seed. See what I will do, nothing will be impossible for you. I find that really encouraging. I don't know about you. I find it deeply encouraging. Because I know what I'm like. I've got a confession. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to confess. I've, I've already confessed to one person. I, um, I said I was going to go out and invite people this week. And it just got on top of me that we were doing a whole renovation thing. And it's been a bit crazy. But also, I think deep down, I was a little bit nervous. I know I'm, I know I'm here with a microphone. But for those of you that know me, I'm really shy. I don't like going to talk to strangers. I find it really difficult. So I think there was part of me that was like, the building was a good excuse not to have to go and invite people. So I promise you, I'm definitely going to do it this week. <laughs> Colin's going to hold me accountable. He's coming down with his shotgun just in case. Um, and um, why was I telling you that? I think I was telling you that because I find this encouraging that we don't always have to be amazing at everything. Sometimes we'll have great faith, sometimes we won't have so much faith. But for Jesus, if we can just have enough the size of a mustard seed, then he'll do amazing things among us. I did for, um, before the pandemic kicked in, um, I would go out on a Friday morning, I think it was, like every week into Centre of Newcastle. And, um, I'm not one of these guys who stands on my box and kind of shouts at people. Um, I would just used to go up to people and say, and ask them a question. If God could do one miracle in your life, what would, what would you want him to do? And it was incredible the amount of conversations I'd have with people. 
And um, anyway, there was a time when we were out doing stuff, and I can't remember if it was on my own or with somebody else. And there was these two skateboarding lads. And I think I told you this maybe last week, I can't remember, maybe repeating myself because I've not put it in my notes. And I was talking to them, and they were talking about their back. And I think I told you last week that one of them got healed of back pain in that moment. Was it last week? Did I tell you that? What I didn't tell you was, I had about this much faith for it. <laughs> you know, I was like, these lads are too cool. I'm, I'm like, I was always a nerd at school, so I felt a little bit intimidated by them. And, um, and, you know, and I just had little faith. It literally was the size of a mustard seed, just about enough. Just about enough to say, can I pray for you? And God healed them in that moment. Incredible. And the guy, the guy watching on, his eyes were so wide. You, I've never seen eyes as wide as when he watched this person's leg grow. Um, it was just incredible. But my faith was the size of a mustard seed at best. And God does amazing things, and that's encouraging. Because it means that all of us get to play. It's not just the person on the stage with the microphone who gets to do it. We all get to play. We all get to pray. Because all of us can have faith the size of a mustard seed. I can't even remember what the point of this video was. Oh, yes, I do. I'm going to show you a little 30-second video. Arise and walk, my son. Dr. McDermott's a great believer in the natural healing powers of the mind. It's the first point. We can have faith the size of a mustard seed. Not because we have the right prayers to pray or we can say, get up my son and rise and all of this stuff. Because we know Jesus. We know Jesus. We're not focused on, um, I think you probably didn't hear it very well. He kind of mumbled under his breath as he was walking to one of the other guys. Oh yeah, he, he has a real thing for positive thought or something like that, he said. And um, you see the guy collapsing in the background. We're not going into that trying to muster up enough faith to kind of somehow make something happen. That's not what it's about. We go in with faith in Jesus, who he is and who he says he is. Even just as much as a mustard seed. And we can take the authority we've been given. And the power through the spirit. And we can pray for people and see them healed. And that is just incredible. Just stop and think about that for a second. Just stop and think about that. You know, that just blows. Why do we not pray for people all the time? I just, whenever I give a talk like this, I'm kind of like, why am I not literally praying for every sick person I see? Because all I need is a little bit of faith and my focus on Jesus. And miracles can happen. Well, that's why we're having a healing service every month, because... We are going to start praying for more and more people. So I want to quickly finish. And then we're going to worship and we're going to fix our eyes on Jesus. And then we're going to pray for each other, for those that want prayer. I'm going to finish with a little recipe for growing a faith the size of a mustard seed. Okay, a little recipe. I do like a little thing. Firstly, we need to believe that Jesus is God. Okay, that's a good start. Jesus is God. Secondly, we need to believe that Jesus has all authority. Jesus is king. He's sat on the throne. And he has authority over everything. 
Jesus rules over everything. Jesus is God. He has all authority and he rules over everything. That's a great place to start when it comes to faith. That's the person we're worshipping. That's the God we're worshipping. Fourthly, Jesus wants to usher in the kingdom and renewal across this region and beyond. He's at work in this world. He's not distant. He's not far away. He's at work in our lives, in your life, my life, the lives of people around. So we're only joining in with what he's already doing. We're not somehow trying to, come on, Jesus, I want to go and pray for this person who's sick. Can you come and help me? He's already there. He's, he's just waiting for us to catch up. Jesus has given his authority to us. That is mind-blowing. Jesus has all authority, and he says, right, my authority I'm giving to you. Now go. Heal the sick, cast out demons. Incredible. Jesus is God. He has all authority. He rules over everything. He's ushering in his kingdom and renewal everywhere. He gives us his authority. Can you feel faith stirring? This is who we are. And Jesus has given us the Holy Spirit. So it's not just enough to give us authority. He's actually poured, the the Spirit comes into us. He fills us up. God himself through the Spirit, is there. And he gives us power. So we have power through the Holy Spirit and authority that has been given to us by Jesus. How amazing is that? Jesus is God. He has all authority. He rules over everything. His kingdom is being ushered in all over the place. He's given us his authority, and we have been filled with the Holy Spirit so that we have both power and authority to, to usher in his kingdom everywhere and in every way. And all we need is faith the side of a mustard seed. And we can move mountains. <laughs>